Have you ever started a brand new job on your very first day and taken a crowd of people with you? No? No? How about you in the back? No, it just doesn't happen. But it's happening today. Today is my very first day and I am taking you all with me. <laughs> oh, I'm Danny. I'm owner of Fig and Farm at Home and I teach busy moms how to decorate their homes. But before we dive into today's show, I want to tell you why I'm starting where I'm starting. I'm starting at the beginning with my story. I haven't always been a home decorator. In fact, I was a first grade teacher for lots of years. But staying home with my little one meant budget, a lot of budget. And I learned how to break through a lot of limiting beliefs that I think women still are having today. But I think it's important to know my story so that you know that design is attainable. It's within reach and there's a lot of good stuff coming your way. Enjoy today's show. We grew up with the phrase, home is where the heart is. But our culture has shifted and now the message is, home should be Pinterest perfect. I'm calling BS on that message. Home, it's not about the stuff, it's about the story. And whether you know it or not, your home is a reflection of you and is already saying something. So what is it that you want it to say? Hey, I'm Danny, a former first grade teacher turned home decorator. Going from a dual income to a single income so I could stay home with my babies meant budget, like ramen eating, goodwill shopping budget. And I learned a few things along the way, like how to bring big style to your home without breaking the bank. And I'm sharing it all with you tips, tricks, decor, and design advice so you can learn to tell your story with your style, where you can start living free from the Pinterest perfect trap and start living a life of intention. Welcome to Fig and Farm at Home, where we design happy living and where it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. The road for me going from a first grade teacher to a home decorator is non-linear, and as most things in life are, and life stories are, they are circuitous, and that is still the same with me. <laughs> but I remember my first dip into entrepreneurship, and of course I realized this recently, but that was when I was seven years old. <laughs> I was seven and starting my first job. Of course, my parents, you know, just thought this was cute and sweet and cute Danny doing this, but I would strap on my roller skates, and I lived at the time in a small town in eastern Washington, and I would take my little roller skates, and I would go door to door, uh, knocking on their door and asking the homeowners, hey, would you want to spend 25 cents, which at the time, that might have been significant, I don't know, more than a phone call at the time, more than a stamp, but asking them, hey, would you want to pay to watch me do a roller skating routine? (laughs) Oh, that was brave and sweet and audacious and probably the reason why when seven-year-olds come to my door nowadays, I always say yes to whatever their ask is. Even if it's, hey, do you want a bubbly, which I own bubbly waters (laughs) myself and I can just go grab it from the fridge, but If you are audacious and sweet and brave, yes, I'm going to support that. Anyway, that sweet seven-year-old self grew up, went to college, and became a first grade teacher. And I love teaching. I fell in love with it. It's hard work, and it's not for the faint of heart. But I realized my first year of teaching, gosh, I want more. I want to be able to teach these kiddos the ins and the outs of reading. I want to... I I could already see that those kiddos were not in a box. Everyone had a different learning style and I wanted to be able to cater to that. So I went back to school, 
simultaneously while still teaching and got my master's degree. And this was in the days when online learning was a brand new beginning. So I, at the time, I remember feeling super, not nervous, but just super embarrassed, I think is more the word. I'm getting my master's online. Um, But I would always say, you know what, I am going to get out of it what I put into it. And I still hold true to that. But now look at that. I am just a founder of the online learning. (laughs) But I got my master's in reading and literacy so I could really hone in on what it was those kiddos needed. Fast forward a couple years, I'm still teaching. My husband and I moved to Iowa so that he could get his master's degree. And we started a family. And when we started our family, we had a decision to make. And that decision was you know, hire a nanny, go to daycare. All of our family was thousands of miles away. And it just didn't make sense for us, for me to put our little one into daycare so that I could go and be with other people's babies and teach them all day, even though it was something I loved to do. And I understand and I realize that there, not everyone has that decision or the ability to make that decision. Sometimes our hands are tied, but we did. And I am so thankful I don't regret it, but it did come as a sacrifice. Going from a dual income to a single income meant financial sacrifice. And there were a lot of things we had to give up on Christmases with family back home in Washington or holidays, vacations. I mean, even new clothing or kind of the, the silly little things that you spend your money on, but it came as a sacrifice. And I remember, you know, my husband was relatively new into his career and he had a white collar job. And so he needed to go from dressing as a student to dressing as this position in a hospital. And I would wait every month that $10 JCPenney coupon would come in the mail and there was no minimum amount you had to buy to use that coupon. And so we would go to JCPenney every month and we would buy the $12 shirt or the $13 shirt so that he could, <laughs> so that we ended up paying $2 or $3 or $4 or whatever, but his wardrobe grew and we saved money. And so that just gives you an idea of really how strapped for cash we were. Those early days of staying at home with my kiddo though were so sweet, even though we were living on pennies. And I realized a couple things. I realized that babies nap a lot, <laughs> like a lot, a lot. And the advice that is always given is sleep when the babies are sleeping. And that is wonderful advice. And if you are a brand new mama listening to this, please do that. You will be better. You'll be better able to serve your baby and your family if you do that. But what I learned about myself is that I can only sleep so much. And I got a little bit restless. And I realized too, going from working full-time job to staying home, that there are days of rest I like to take for sure, but I always like to keep busy. So realizing that was huge. But one day during nap time, I started noticing something and I noticed that I was just getting tired of looking at the same four walls and they were fine walls. It was gorgeous. It was fine. Um, But I just kind of got tired of looking at it. And one day while Owen was sleeping, I decided to go out to the garage and look to see what we had in the garage left over for paint. And I found some paint and I, I striped my walls. The walls that we spent a lot of our time in, the walls in our downstairs living room, which kind of then morphed into a playroom for him. And I striped the walls. It took a couple days because he was napping and I wanted to work only when he was napping. And that was really the first time I started noticing the 
the impact that paint could make in a space. And as the years went by, I started asking questions. I had a couple girlfriends who really had great style. And every time I walked into their homes, I was just, it was like eye candy. It was so cute and so charming and so sweet. And so I would ask them questions and I would pay attention. How did you do this? And what do you do that? And what kind of color choice would you make? And what do you like to paint with? All the things I would ask them. It, within that two years, though, back to the being restless, I decided I wanted to tap into my creativity while Owen was napping. And I decided it would be a really great idea to start a business. And because my world was baby, I opened a baby boutique. And this was at the beginning of online shopping, when online shopping started really becoming a thing, when Etsy was brand new. And if you don't know what Etsy is, you should. It's a um, an online shopping platform with uh, retailers who are artisans. They hand make a lot of amazing things. Of course, their photography nowadays looks so professional. When it was back in the day, it did not. And you could slap up a picture and it would be fine, <laughs> which is what I did. But I ended up growing um, this clientele that was worldwide, ended up doing markets locally. And by the way, my mom joined me on this journey. She was still living in Washington. I was still in Iowa. And so that was a little tricky, especially since she didn't have a computer. But we collaborated and she was really the master seamstress. She did all of the hard work, which was easy for her, but she made the crib sheets and the bibs and I stuck with the things that I could excel at with sewing a straight line, <laughs> like blankets and burp claws and hooded towels. And together we created this really wonderful little shop called Huck and Joe. Huck and Joe grew as our family grew and we added another boy and then another boy. <laughs> so if you're keeping count, we have three boys. And at that point, we decided it was time to move back to Washington. Um, this is right before Owen was going into kindergarten. We wanted to be closer to grandmas and grandpas and aunties and uncles. And so we moved from Iowa to Washington. And that little baby business lost a little bit of traction. I tried keeping it up for a little while, but my passions were changing. And my time was being divided just a little bit more. And what was happening was we were getting Owen involved in kindergarten, brand new baby on board, adjusting to this new town, new new lifestyle, getting my husband Greg acclimated in his job and decorating this new house. All fun things and all the things, but it meant that the traction for Huck and Joe was waning a bit. As we started making new friends, um, the friends would start asking me questions, just like I had asked my girlfriend's questions years before about my home. They would ask me questions. How do you do this? And what kind of paint do you use? And how do you stripe that? And whatever, asking me all the decor questions. And I began helping them just like my friends helped me. And it was so much fun. And at this point, we had now been in Washington for about two years. And as you can imagine, I got a little bit restless. And one of the girlfriends I had back in Iowa, we decided that it would be so much fun to do something creative together to collaborate together as a way to fund our friendship because we missed each other. We missed seeing each other. And so we opened a store called Fig and Farm. She was the farm. I was the fig. And we decided that it would be a fun idea to curate vintage goods, to repurpose old things like dressers and tables and things like that, to paint them and restore them. And she sold them in markets in Iowa. I sold them in markets in Washington. And a little bit of time went by before she opened her own shop and I opened 
mine, each in our own brick and mortar space, her in Iowa and me in Washington. And simultaneously at that time, I was asked by a realtor if I would help him stage homes. And I committed to that for about a year. I worked for pennies. Oh my gosh. In retrospect, I worked for pennies. It was so much work. I used a lot of my own things and would would stage occupied homes. So, but I would come in and I would help make these homes beautiful and they would sell quickly and they would sell above budget. And I knew I was onto something, but once that year was up, I was done. I needed to be moving on beyond that. But I started getting other other friends asking if I would help them a little bit more intentionally with their home, not just little questions here and there, but hiring me to help them design their home, an office here, a living room there. And that's when I met my friend Heather and Heather has great style. She has such great style and she really knew what it was she liked, but she just didn't know how to put it all together. And that's where I came in. And so we worked on a dining room and then we worked on a sitting area and then we worked on two living rooms and an entryway. And then Heather started taking off on her own. She started doing a bathroom and then a master bathroom. And it was at this point where I realized Heather's my ideal client. (laughs) She is not afraid to get the paint out. She's not afraid to roll up her sleeves. She's not afraid to do the work. She kind of knew what she liked anyway, but now she's putting it all together. And so when she started moving on from one bathroom to the next, she would ask me questions here and there as a way of just consulting me. Did I make the right choice? Does this metal work here? Does that metal work there? She wasn't necessarily relying on me in the way that she did in the beginning. And I loved that because what it meant for her is that she was able to grow and she was able to take what she's learned with me and apply it to her own home because I won't always be available. If she wants to change pillows on a whim, she doesn't necessarily need to call me. And I shared that with my husband and I said how wonderful it was to have a client who was able to be independent. And he looked at me and he said, but Danny, doesn't that take away your earning potential? And actually, no, it doesn't. Because what I want to do is teach women how to design their own home their own way, how to recognize what their style is, how to move beyond limiting beliefs that even just keep them stuck in the first place, how to stop wasting money on buying the wrong thing because when they get at home, they don't know how to put it together, how to decorate rental homes when they know that they are limited by different things ultimately how to really love the house that they call home and to tell the story of their family, the people that they live with, to tell that story and to tell it well. And so that's what Fig and Farm at Home is about, where we we are a space that designs happy living from the inside out. We're a space that is going to be talking about intentional living and making those intentional choices on the walls and within your heart. And I want you to join me. Join me on this journey as we design happy living. And did you know, I have a Facebook group where I am teaching these women how to love the house that they call home. And you can join us there at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. Join us there. It's going to be a lot of fun, um, but we will be taking what we learn from the podcast continuing those conversations and really supporting each other as we all go through the same processes together. And until next time, and until I get really down deep and dirty into all the nitty gritties of home design, if you want to get started this weekend, I have something for you. My five secrets, my five home secrets that I used in staging, I used in home decorating, I feel like it's on auto repeat for every client 
all the time. You can grab that at bit.ly forward slash five, the number five, home secrets. All of these things will be linked in the show notes, so you can grab them there. But until next time, guys, see you soon. Hey, real quick before you go, if you learned something new or found value in today's podcast, would you head over to iTunes to Fig and Farm at Home and leave a review and subscribe to the show? That would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of mamas who are learning to be intentional storytellers within their own homes, join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. There's always more room at the table. See you soon.